If you hear this sound, that means this episode is also featured on our YouTube channel as a video. Head over to www.youtube.com slash keepitweirdpodcast to check it out. Warning, this episode contains foul language and mentions of death, drug addiction, and music and sound effects that may chill your bones. listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unsettling, ghostly, sinister, hair-raising, creepy, and everything in between. Each week we sit down together from across the country and we talk about something weird. And this week, oh, this week is the moment you have all been waiting for. I hope you have your cider, your hot cocoa, maybe a hot toddy, and you're cuddled up with a warm blanket next to the fire. Or maybe you're a true freaky weirdo and you are sitting in a dark basement with no electricity while you summon a being from the other side. Just how we like you. Wherever you find yourself this spooktacular Halloween weekend, we are excited to celebrate with you by bringing you another edition of Listener Ghost Stories. Strange stories about haunts, crimes, encounters, time travels, and beyond. We love these episodes just as much as you do, and we are thrilled to be bringing you more spooks and mysteries and wild tales this October. Tales from none other than you our listeners, and our weirdo community. Headphones on, volume up, if you dare. Let's get haunted, witches. My name is Lauren, and this is my fellow ghost host with the most, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. Hi, Tiffany. Happy Halloween. (laughs) Hi, rave party vampire. (laughs) Party vamp, party vamp. Mm, She's mm, a party mm, vampire. mm, 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 mm. I have the mole, I have the heart tattoo, but besides that, I'm really just kind of my own version of Tiffany. But Ashley looks like a horrifying queen. I am a horrifying queen. When I logged on to speak with her, I was very upset, but now I'm obsessed. It takes a while, yeah. Um, Joe was the same. Joe, I walked out and he goes, ugh, and then by the time (laughs) I was walking away, he was like, she's so hot. She's so hot. (laughs) She's so hot. And I was like, yeah, I I know. I'm hot. Now, and I'm a now I just think you're the sexiest vampire in the world, but it does take getting used yeah, to, and now I just can't stop looking into your eyes. You know what's cool about Halloween this year? It's on a Tuesday, which means it's Halloween today, tomorrow, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and then Wednesday, Wee! Dia de los Muertos, and then <gasps> we're on to the Christmas creep. We're <laughs> creeping our way on to Christmas. Creeping our way into Christmas before you Basically, know it. Basically... It's the holidays. It's the new year. Happy New Year. Today is the last day of the year. Happy New Year, everybody. (laughs) Happy New Year 2024. 2024. You have to be better than 2023. You just have to be. Lord. I feel like we say that every year. 
I know. 2022, we complained about, but it wasn't as bad as this year. I had a great year in 2022. That's what I'm saying. I loved 2022. I feel like we complained about, like, dumb things in 2022. It was like, oh, this thing is annoying. Like, the political climate, whatever. I mean, we're always saying that. But, yes, 2022 was actually a pretty solid year. This year has been bullshit. I've lost, like, four family members, a couple of friends from my hometown. I know you have lost loved ones as well. I'm like, it's just been, it's been complete shit. (laughs) Yeah. I cannot. Lost loved ones. Joe's had a an emergency surgery. Yeah. We missed a trip that we were supposed to take. That. Like it's just it's been a year. Been it's a been year. a year. But that's not gonna affect <sighs> how much fun I'm gonna have this weekend for Halloween. Yes. I can't wait. Are you I know we talked about this off off the air, off the camera, yeah. and you're not sure of your plans, but do you have a costume in mind or are you like, I'll just throw something together? Um, this. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> yeah, you should. I, I, Joe and I threw around quite a few this year, but unless we have somewhere like specific to go, like a lot of our costume ideas were really, really funny. If we were we still in LA and we were like with our LA friends who like got our sense of humor, like we were going to go as, right. um, do you remember Mystery Men? Yes, of course. So, Mr. Fury and the Bowler. We were thinking about going as Mr. Wait, Fury and the Bowler. And you've talked about doing that before. Like, yeah. for years ago. I feel like when yeah. we started the podcast, you talked about that. I, but girl, now we I live in a town where we People might don't not have any get friends. It. We don't have any friends yet. <laughs> um, still, we've lived here for Aww. two years. We don't have any friends. But you know what? We'll get them. Or we won't. You're going to get them. <laughs> or we won't, and we you have each other. We need to start planning to travel around Halloween anyway, because it's, like, our anniversary, and it's a fun, Woo-hoo. so, like, possibly yeah, happy, future. Happy Annie. Thank you. One year. Still going strong. Um, possibly in the future, Halloween will be a time where we're like, let's go to L.A. Right. Uh, or let's girl, go to a city where our friends are, and we'll party. I would love Big that. Halloween plans? No, I'm yeah. sitting here like, okay. what are you doing? Tell me what everything. What are you going to um, do? <laughs> no. Well, you well, have a show. Yes, Dr. I was going to say, playing. the Friday of Halloween weekend, we have a Dr. Spaceman show, and we always dress up. It's more of like a cosplay that's tonight. type. Oh, that's true. And this episode's being... Re- tonight, if you're listening to this, Friday, October 27th, in the morning, and you're on your morning commute thinking, what am I going to do tonight? Come to Venice West. In Santa Monica, it's confusing that it's called Venice West, but it it's in It is Santa confusing Monica. that it's called Venice West. Why would they do I that? Know. It's it's the worst. But mm-hmm. you can come and see Dr. Spaceman because we play for like 90 minutes, maybe two hours if they let us keep the stage, which is one of our shorter sets. And then a DJ comes on afterwards and it's just a big like spooky Halloween party with smoke machines Fun. and stuff after. So it's going to be a good time. Are you going to wear a costume on stage? We usually do more of like a cosplay, like subtle costume just because it gets so hot. So yeah. I'll probably just do something simple. I was thinking of doing, because I have short, dark hair, like with my haircut, doing like jigsaw and having like hilarious. a little red bow tie with like a white tank top and like maybe a black vest again to keep it cool and then just have like the swirlies. I guess it's not jigsaw technically, it's like Billy is the name of the puppet, but. Is. That. Does the puppet have a name? It's Billy. But everyone <laughs> calls him Jigsaw. 
You have to know, like, saw. So who is Jigsaw? The old guy. guy? The old man? Spoiler Mm -hmm. alert for a saw. (laughs) I know. And somebody who really likes Saw more than me, because I have not seen all of them, will probably write in and be like, Jigsaw is the memories we had along the way. Like, I don't know what they're going to (laughs) say. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure it's the old guy. But Billy is the trike riding Interesting. I don't think I've ever heard his name out loud. I didn't make it far in the Saw movies, to be fair. I made it to, I think, three. So, Which people have said the new one is bomb. So I'm kind of like, should I like get back into Saw? And but I, I don't like torture porn. I you only really but... have to see uh, one, two, like and three first... yeah. to see the new one. So I was like, oh my god, I'm caught up. That's me. Well, anyway. Anyway. Well, hi, everyone. Hi, happy, happy Halloween. Halloween. Are you ready for some spooky stories? What's happening with Let's do it. Up here? Come on, get it together. I know you won't believe me, but when I still was going to be a witch, I had space buns in my hair. I don't believe you. Because you've never only Wilder Ogle can confirm it, and he probably would be like, (laughs) "What are space buns?" He was the only one with me, and then I was like, "These aren't working. I don't look like a witch. I don't have a witch hat." So I changed to Tiffany. But I'm telling you, we always almost have space buns on the same day. I can't. You kind of look. and this is not a uh, a knock on your costume. It's more what? a knock on the fact that I can't see out of my eyes. But you kind of look like slutty Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I that is not a knock on the costume because when I pulled my hair back only for the purpose that it's 90 degrees in yeah. Los Angeles and I'm hot. So when it was down, it was too much. I have like a cute little pony. Aww. Um, I was literally like, I look like Elsa. Yeah. And so that's why I was like, mole, heart, heart tattoo, choker. I was like, Elsa. Me. But honestly, if y'all just want me to be a slutty Elsa, okay. like, it's okay. I'm she can be whatever be. you like. <laughs> okay, stories. let's tell some so stories. many to tell today. I'm going to start today with a crazy story that I saw on Reddit that reminded me of something that recently happened to me that I wanted to share on the podcast that I haven't shared yet. So I messaged um, the Reddit user and was like, oh, my God, can I share this story on my show? And Reddit user, um, I think it's Touche29, was so nice, so cool, and said, yes, absolutely. Um, So thank you so much, Touche29. Touche sets. Me and a girl had just broken up recently, and I was still upset about it. I had a dream where me and her were back together, hanging out at a mall, and everything was great. Then, a man in a gray suit and a gray top hat appeared and put his hand on my shoulder. He said something along the lines of, This is wonderful, isn't it? You can have all of this. All you have to do is sleep forever. Of course this freaked me out. (laughs) I'm sorry. Of course this freaked me the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And I started running as fast as I could away from this man, still dreaming but unable to wake up. As I was running, I called my best friend at the time, who had been helping me through the breakup. I couldn't hear him, but I was just yelling and crying about what was happening, still running in the dream. I woke up soon after in a cold sweat breathing heavily like I had just run a marathon. I called that friend later that day to tell him about the crazy fucked up dream I had. First thing he says to me 
is that he almost called me that morning because he had had a dream that I called him last night, but he couldn't really hear anything except what sounded like wind. Quote, like you were running or something. I told him about the whole dream I had, and the only way we explain it is that our brains were always so in sync, like we'd say things at the same time, and we vowed never to play rock, paper, scissors again because it just went on for like 10 rounds without a winner, so even our dreams lined up somehow. The only part (laughs) that messes with me still is the man in the gray suit and top hat. I can still picture him 15 years later, and I wonder what would have happened if I had accepted his invitation. I very much wonder what would have happened. <gasps> like, would nothing you have good. S- nothing good. Would it be an eternal sleep? Coma? Be- yeah, would you be in a coma? Be a coma? Does it mean. Yeah. What? What? That is so intense. And That's I- so intense. Wait, but it reminds you of something that happened to you? Oh. Yeah. Because that's what uh, I'm more concerned about. Something very similar. Okay. Yeah. So here's what happened to me and what stopped me in this situation. Of course, this takes place at my parents' house. Because of course it does. In spite of our findingless and experienceless paranormal <laughs> right. investigation, Bizarre. something weird. It's is a spook house. There. It is a spook house. So this happened in August of this year. Joe and I drove down for our local hot air balloon festival, uh, saw some friends, ate some barbecue. It was a really great time. Didn't even watch any horror movies. We watched baseball, okay? Like, (laughs) it was not a spooky time in any way. But that night's sleep was wild. Like, I had some sort of crazy nightmare that was all over the place. And the one thing I remember vividly about the dream was that Joe was being dragged away from me and I was holding onto his hands and his wrists trying to like keep him. Mm. So at 3.40 a.m. I woke up because the bed was shaking. And after waking up, I realized it was Joe and I kind of freaked out because I thought he was having a seizure. So I like shot up and was like shaking him like trying to wake him up and he wasn't he was just he was kicking his legs violently as he slept so I woke him up and he was like and I was like babe you're you're kicking you're kicking your legs and he was like oh what what, what, sorry and I was like no it's okay are you okay and he was like I was having a nightmare and I was like well what what were you dreaming about and he said I don't remember someone was grabbing my feet and pulling me Lauren, no. I was having a dream that he was being pulled by his feet. Ashley, he was having a dream that he was being pulled by his feet. I don't want it. I don't like it. I don't understand even fully what's what's going on to allow that. No, like how? I don't understand it. How do the dreams get connected? Is this all part of like the connected consciousness? Like. Yeah, how can you share a dream? I actually, I I told that to my, like, girl group, my college girl group that I have, like, a a running text thread with Mm -hmm. constantly. And one of them was, like, he's lucky you were there with your, like, psychic, uh, how'd she put it? She was, like, psychic intervention. 
Oh my so gosh. Her theory was that Joe was having the nightmare. He was the one having it was that him. dream. And like I was having a separate dream, but all of a sudden I was trying to like help him his dream um psychically. Mm. And I'm gonna go with that because one because that makes I me like psychic. That. And it that does. Sounds... I mean you do you've had prof- prophetic dreams before, so For it does sure, but it's not like a that does match skill. Up. I know, like but it even would be so, hard to dream jump <laughs> for sure. But I do like that theory that you—it was like your mind was telling you you got to help Joe, like something's going on. I do like to think of that. Joe's in trouble. Joe's in trouble, man. Yeah. So that thank you, Touche Twenty Nine. Thank you, Touche. Um, I was waiting to tell that story on the show at some point, like maybe when we did our next dream episode. But after I read that story, I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) shared dreams. What is it? How does it happen? Right. And how often does it happen? Like now I'll be curious if anybody, you know, writes in or comments and says like, oh, yeah, this happens to me and my partner, me and my friend. I Yeah. Tell us. Like, does this happen? Well, I also wonder if it happens, like, all the time, but, like, how would we know unless we compared each other's dream journals? All the time. If we all kept dream journals. I know. If everyone kept a dream journal and we chatted about it weekly, would we be able to keep track? I wouldn't even be able to, like, keep any kind of scientific um, information Mm -hmm. on me and Joe because that man remembers his dreams once a year. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll I wake up and be like, last night I was in Toys R Us. Ben Stiller was there. <laughs> like, I have, like, a whole, Every like, detail. arcs. Like, there's, there's plot twists. And Joe yep. will be like, I can't remember the last dream I had. And it's like, first no. of all, you dream every night. You just don't remember that. I know that that is true. But, yeah, I wake up and I'm like, did I dream? I don't know. And, like, every once in a while, I think if I woke up and immediately wrote it down, then maybe I would be able to keep track because there are some mornings I feel like I come out of a dream and I'm like, well, that was weird. But it is truly maybe a minute and then it's gone. So I don't know what – it goes so fast. What a bummer. Maybe if you start writing them down, it will help you remember them. Moving on. Thank you, Touche29. <laughs> dreams are weird. We'll have dreams another episode on weird. dreams soon so we can talk more about them. Yes, please. Uh, all right. Oh. Moving on. What are you, me? <laughs> I am. Okay. I have a story from a mom at Wilder School, which is so exciting. Ah! Uh, I know. It just it made me so glad. I have met a wonderful weirdo mom. Her name is Jennifer. And she is a horror movie lover, a beginner witch, just like me. And she has some amazing horror and Halloween tattoos that I want to copy and put on my body. (laughs) She has them all over her arms and legs. And it's just been fun to meet her and have another spooky mama to chat with at school. So, and our kiddos are the same age. Shout out to Jennifer. What up, Jennifer? Jennifer. Hey, girl. Jennifer (laughs) says, so I attended college at San Diego State. And my first year there, I lived in the dorms and specifically in a building called Zura, Zura Hall. I got to live with my best friend from childhood, so it was a pretty great situation and everything was pretty quiet in the building during the day. We loved everybody on our floor, but at night, sometimes we would hear what sounded like a bag of marbles dumping out and rolling all over the floor above us. Then immediately after was the sound of footsteps and someone scurrying around to collect all of the marbles that had fallen. We thought it was a little strange that someone night after night liked to play marbles throughout the week, but 
we let it go and we let it happen because it really wasn't messing up our life or our sleep too much and we just went on with our lives but it carried on and it carried on and then there was one night I think we were just in some type of mood hmm? we were not feeling the marbles and it annoyed us just enough that we decided we needed to go upstairs and say something we said that if we heard the marbles hit the floor one more time we would go up together and say enough is enough so of course we hear the marbles hit the floor directly above us we jump up we head upstairs find out who the mystery marble student is and ask them to pipe down. We get upstairs and notice that the hallway is pretty quiet. The door to the dorm room that is directly above ours doesn't have any names on it or any type of decor. It appears the light is off and no one responds when we knock. After knocking a few times, we try the doorknob and it's locked. We hang around for a bit, feeling confused as to why no one is responding when we clearly just heard them making noise and why there isn't anyone around. Eventually, someone finds us in the hallway and overhears our conversation. They confirmed what we were starting to figure out ourselves, that the room is empty. And no students have lived in that room for the entire year. We immediately tried to think of a reasonable explanation of what we could have been hearing directly above us in this exact room but we were baffled. The person who found us in the hallway then said, oh, you didn't know that Zura is super haunted? The metal bed frames that we're all sleeping on are from a closed down mental asylum. Good. And one of the stories goes that, the haunt, that we are haunted specifically by a little boy from the asylum who constantly played with marbles. Great, cool, 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 cool. I guess we are moving out tomorrow then, that's fine. Luckily, we were just young college kids and we were drinking and partying and we didn't let the little ghost boy get to us. Nowadays, I would have trouble staying in that room and knowing something paranormal was happening right above me. Is it the building? Is it those bed frames? Who knows? But Zura Hall definitely has something going on. And Jennifer also told me that the bed frames did indeed say property of blank asylum, whatever the name was. And she knows she has a picture of it somewhere, probably on like an old digital camera or somewhere in like yeah. a photo album as we made back in the days. So she's been trying to find it and send to us. But it was definitely like the bed frames were from a closed down mental facility. Well, yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't take secondhand bed frames if they of were course. available. Unless it's not you're someone thing. like us who is like, well, did they come from an abandoned mental institution? And what happened to all of the people inside those walls? <laughs> Tells the story. Laid upon these beds. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, it's not crazy, but woof. And yeah. then, I, like, I just have to add on, that was Jennifer's story and she knew about the bed frames. But then I decided to do some research because I was like, is do people know about this? Was this just her experience? So I looked up San Diego State and Zura Hall specifically, and I found out some news. <gasps> there, This is an actual truth. The rest of it is all could be urban legend rumors, but this actually happened. A okay. student was murdered in Zura Hall in 1974. Um, it was a freshman at San Diego State. Her name was Tanya Gardini. She Yikes. was stabbed, strangled, and essayed in her dorm room in Zura by a man named Ellis Lee Handy Jr. Handy pled guilty to first-degree murder in the case, and Gardini lived in a three-room suite in the southeastern corner of Zura. So if that means anything to anyone who knows about San Diego State, that area. 
and she is the only student on record to have been murdered while living in San Diego State residence halls. But since then, many students, this is like all on Reddit forums, so it was all confirmed. Many students have claimed they hear voices on the second, fourth, and eighth floor specifically. And many stories have circulated around the dorm um, saying that they hear marbles both in rooms but also in the bathroom randomly. I don't know what that connection is, but people will like be in the showers and hear marbles rolling outside, which I'm like, no. No. I immediately thought, like, okay, marbles. What could that be? There could be some sort of plumbing. But sure. marbles is a really specific sound. Like, it if is. you've heard marbles hit the floor and roll. Yep. I don't know anything. Like, you can hear something and be like, it sort of sounds like marbles, but not really. But if it sounds like marble, the only thing that sounds like marbles is marbles marbles hitting the ground and rolling yeah. it's such a specific sound like that like clacking sound that they make when yeah. they hit the ground so yeah it's just strange that they heard they were so sure that it was marbles hitting the ground above the room and then people heard it outside of their showers and apparently there's you know televisions Yikes. in the lounge room that turn on and off all kinds of things so it is very much a thing because at first i was like i wonder if this is just jennifer's unique experience but san diego state zura nope. hall Haunted. Haunted AF. Yeah, I don't like Jeez. it. The thought of being in the shower when you, like, think you're alone, you're in your little flip-flops yeah. in the dorm shower, and you just hear clack, 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 clack. I don't even no. like being in my own shower alone, like, if I think about it. Like, if you think about it 99% of the time, it's a shower, yeah. I'm not thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while. <laughs> You get in the shower and you've got like full shampoo hair and then you're like, what if someone attacked me right now? And no! you like get out and lock the door. You're like, oh my prepare yeah. yourself. You're like, what a thousand can I use percent. A weapon. I, I mean, know. I think that's just right life now with as my razor cuts too. on. Sure. I think that's just yeah, where you're like every once in a while the thought will pop into your head and you're like, What near me can I use? What do I have? What can I grab? <laughs> as yep. a weapon to defeat the very clearly deranged man that's in my house <laughs> yes the only explanation is the a deranged man climbing through my window <laughs> and is about to kill me weird feeling i'm getting <laughs> yes. wow creepy creepy creep thank you jennifer thank you jennifer scared scared is good okay i have two quick little back-to-back -back stories and they're both Psychic stories. We like it. These are so much fun, and I feel like we don't get them a lot for listener yeah. ghost stories. And the fact that I have, I actually have, no, I have two. I have two today. One's not quite a psychic story. But support your local psychic, everyone. Please. This story, this first one comes in to us from Franzi. Hi, Franzi. Hi, Franzi. Thank you so much for letting us tell your tale. Um, and I didn't want to change anything from this story, but I do want to clarify something going in because there's different names for different things based on what country and region you're in. So in this story, when I say Quicksilver, just know I'm referring to Mercury. Oh, okay. Good note. So here we go. Franzi says... My mom was very sick for over two years with stomach pain, tiredness, 
tremors, and more symptoms. She went to many doctors, tried many medications, but nothing ever helped against anything. A friend of my grandmother, who's calling herself a medium, she speaks with a ghost named Patna. I never believed in stuff like this, still don't really, but this made me think twice about my suspicion. The medium offered to help find out what was wrong with my mom, and we were like, okay, if she wants to do this, let her do this. We have nothing to lose at this point. Might as well. Might as well. So the medium asked the ghost in a ceremony what was wrong with my mom, and the ghost answered that she was poisoned. We didn't know what to do with that information, but my mom was so desperate to find a solution. Um, she got a big blood count done, and it said that she was actually poisoned with Quicksilver. And it turns out my mom had an old amalgam filling for her teeth. And when she got a new one with a metal of higher quality, the old one was disassembled uh, and replaced by the new one. And these amalgam fillings are mixed with quicksilver, mercury. mercury. So when it was disassembled, my mom got slowly poisoned with quicksilver. A few weeks after it was fully removed from her mouth, all of the symptoms stopped. No so, <laughs> way. A ghost this medium saved kind her. of helped my mom. Yeah. I have no idea how my grandma's friend would get this explanation. Maybe it was luck. Maybe I'm not open-minded enough to believe in that. But it was definitely fucking spooky. Wowza. Oh my gosh. Well, good for the medium. Good for the ghost who was spoken to. Like, good for everybody for saving her mom. Fucking spooky is correct. But also, like, I'm glad whatever the medium said to your mom, whether she heard it from a ghost named Patna or she was just pulling right. it out of her bum, I'm glad she was able to help. <laughs> she obviously did. So at least yeah, she guide her in her the right time. direction to getting help. Yes. Wow. Because they were that thinking it was so neurological spooky. or it had something right. to, they like tested her for various diseases. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, it's like going to doctors. That's what I was thinking. Like, yes. honestly, with all the horror stories that I've seen from friends and on TikTok and that I've personally mm -hmm. experienced with the medical field, maybe we should Lord. be employing psychics at doctor's offices because to this day, yep. I don't think I've ever had a doctor attempt to identify a problem i was having and help towards a solution no, no. So. i feel like we're not being helped at all by actual no. doctors so maybe bring They'll save in your some life. psychics some mediums so for any like doctor lovers in here that are like doctors are mate they save your no. life absolutely <sighs> yes of course medicine like we love the world of medicine and especially how much it's advanced like the things that you do yeah that like we love it. Of course, doctors will save your life. But yeah, to be able to like diagnose a problem and I feel like the amount of times that they just look at you like you're making this up yeah. or like there's nothing here. That is what's infuriating. Yeah. So we got to we got to figure that part out. Four years of <sighs> stomach pain and being told to keep up with my food journal uh, is can't. enough to tell me that we I'd rather have a psychic. <laughs> I should have just mm -hmm. gone to see yeah. a psychic. Yes. You should have just gone to a psychic. Thank you again, Franzi. I have another psychic Thank story you, for you. Yeah. This one comes to us from Mayra. Hi, Mayra. Hi, Mayra. Mayra is the sweetest. Um, I've got a, an additional tidbit of hers after this story as well. But 
Mayra says, <clears throat> when I was a freshman in high school, I started getting really into like psychics and stuff. And my friend took me to this palm reading slash tarot card booth at a renaissance fair. When I sat down in front of her, she greeted me. Then she looked behind me and then back at me and said, you have four people behind you. I went into her tent alone. I don't really remember much of the reading, just that she mentioned African violets, because one of the spirits behind me had some connection to them. I didn't really think much of it because I didn't know anyone dead or alive who liked African violets, and I forgot about it until the following year. The next year, I went to the exact same booth at the same Renaissance fair, but there was a different lady uh, reading palms and tarot cards. My significant other sat with me. The uh, palm reader asked me if I knew anything about African violets. Completely unprovoked. I said no, and she said I should get them for the spirit behind me. I left the reading feeling really weird, but again, kind of shrugged it off. Six months later, I was at Home Depot with my dad. I separated from my dad to look at the flowers and came across some African violets. So I bought them, I put them in a new pot, and I set them on my windowsill when I got home. A few minutes later, my mom comes in and asks me if I got anything from the store. African violets, I told her. My mom smiled and sighed and then looked at me and said, You know, those were your grandmother's favorite flowers. My grandmother died nine years ago when I was 11, and when I went back to that booth the following year, they did not even mention African violets. I know it's not a creepy story or anything, but it still kind of weirds me out. It's not creepy, it's sweet, Mayra! It's sweet as hell, and it's so cool so that this cool. person knew that and read into your life that way. Like, what, what a an gift. amazing connection. What a gift. That is so cool and I love these stories because I, I feel like I've been having these conversations with people a lot I have some friends who are trying to get a little more into the woo-woo world mm -hmm. and of course they come to me and are like oh you have a weird podcast tell me things and I have been trying to convince more people that like if you can find an actual you know psychic a medium who knows their stuff obviously there's going to be some people who are faking it a bit out there but the ones who are legitimate it is such a very real and crazy experience yeah. when you can talk to one and feel those connections and I am just all about trying it out like what do you have to lose kind of what we've been saying like might as well and just see like somebody could totally change your life and speak into you in a way that you weren't ready for and that could be very sweet very useful save your mother's life like we don't know well it's also very cool that like the two different psychics brought up African violets and she didn't know what the connection was. Like she had, she had no, no idea. idea that her grandma's favorite flower were African, was violets. African violets. Yeah. yeah. So when that stuff happens too, when like a psychic will tell you something and you're like, okay. And then like I later guess. you're like, oh my god that's that what they the were talking about meaningful thing but yeah, yeah i asked mayra if she kept african violets around now um occasionally and she was like i have no green thumb i barely have thumbs and i was like preach like i get it <laughs> we get it we Trust, are with you, you are, we understand <laughs> uh, you're in good company we can't keep a you cactus are. alive we feel you deeply. we've been there 
Um, oh, and she shit. also was like, and I have cats. And I was like, got it. Say no more. Yep, yep, yep. But yep, apparently, done. we talked about it. Apparently, her wife loves pressing flowers. So I was like, dude, press mm. some African violets. Put them in a frame. Hang them on your wall. Them in a book or a frame. Yeah, yeah especially, she was saying, um, as we approach Dia de los Muertos, she finds herself missing her grandma more and more. Quote, Honoring her makes me feel close to her, my ancestors, and my heritage. Being reminded of this story makes me feel nostalgic and almost always comes back to me when I'm thinking about my grandma the most. That is very special. Yeah. Those were great. Yeah. Okay, I am going to switch gears drastically from that, but it's because I do have one long story. The rest of mine are regular length as we have been telling, but I do have one beast of a story, but it's needed. It has a lot of details, and I say switching gears because it is a true crime story. It is a listener who wrote in who thinks she may have somewhat been witness to a crime, what? and we will talk about it after, okay. but we're going to go in. This is from listener Kaylee. Kaylee. Um, she... Kaylee, um, she will probably write in with more stories because she says, I am a 25-year-old and consider myself a spiritual scientist and am working on a fine art degree. My mom's side is strong with divine feminine energy, and we all have some artistic talent motivations as well as very strong intuition. Love it. I do think I have had experiences with ancestors, spirit guides, soulmates, ghosts, prophetic dreams, and so on. So she will be, she'll be following up with more. But for today, she says, here's my true crime story. I have to start with context. Names are made up for privacy. Okay. Nope. November, 2022. Myself, my then partner, now friend, Dragon, and my best friend, Cleopatra, moved into a townhouse. Now, when we came to look at the townhouse, it was hard to miss the neighbor. Question. Who we will call. Did yes. you make up the names? No, she did <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> that does, these do sound like names that I would make up. But no, this was, was like, Kaylee. Lauren makeup, dragon, dragon and Cleopatra. Cleopatra. <laughs> no, this was Kaylee. Okay. It does, this does have Lauren written all it over really it. It really does. Please start over. <gasps> I apologize. That is so funny. Okay. <laughs> November 2022. Myself, my then partner, now friend, Dragon, and my best friend, Cleopatra, moved into a townhouse. Now, when we came to look at the townhouse, it was hard to miss the neighbor, who we will call Alice, who had a major hoarding problem, and pretty quickly talking to her, it was clear that she was not all there. But we were young, and the townhouse was perfect for what we wanted, and the landlord said she was harmless, so we, of course, moved forward. It was clear that Alice was harmless, and also she did have serious issues with mental health and drug abuse. All things were true. She would always have the radio on and talk to herself, and I would assume that maybe some kind of schizophrenia was either brought on by long-term drug, drug abuse or it was inherited. And while she was harmless, she could also corner you and tell you her whole mm -hmm. life story. And in her ramblings, we learned the following. But at the time, it was hard to tell what was fact or fiction. We learned she did have a history of drug abuse, meth specifically, she had two sons, at which point she apologized for her hoarding by saying that her eldest son would be the one to help her sell stuff, but he was currently in prison for killing someone. Holy buckets, she says in parentheses. Jeez. 
And at some point, her mom may have lived in her basement when she could no longer live on her own. And when I heard this, my intuition told me, oh, there's for sure a dead body in that house. We also found out she lived in this townhouse four years and she loved to take care of the flowers in her garden. So between the time we moved in until June of this year in 2023, there was clearly more going on at this hoarder's house. She could not park in the garage because there were two inoperable vehicles covered with other stuff, so she would just park in front of her garage, but she would sit out there and have her engine running and windows down even in the dead of winter when snow was out, and we would hear her car running from 9 p.m. until I fell asleep almost every night, which could be midnight, 1, 2 in the morning. She would also have random cars over weekly with no plates, and they would stay for a long time, sometimes leaving their car running too, and then leave in the middle of the night. The worst visitor was a middle-aged man who looked like hell, driving a beat-up truck with no plates, and of course he always parked next to my car, and he would show up with a bed full of junk and give it to her, and then stay for a couple of days. And one night I watched him stumble around his car a few times and then in the morning he dumped a bunch of big rocks into the parking spot from the bed of his truck. During another one of his visits while I was leaving for work, he, when I was leaving for work, he came up to my roommate and I and said, what's that bumper sticker on there? It says, does that mean I want to believe? What's X-Files? And I told him, which I'm like, thank you for having an X-Files bumper sticker. Yeah. I told him. And what's X-Files? I what know. year is this? Go right? on, I can't interrupt the story. <laughs> right? So I say, it's it's from X-Files, it's a show about aliens. And he replied, oh yeah, I've been abducted by aliens. Not fun. Sure. sure. Casual. And then he proceeded to tell us that he helps Alice out by helping her sell stuff, and he tried to get us to buy some of her stuff. In this moment, I had a terrible gut feeling, and I constantly did anytime I saw this guy. You just know when someone is dangerous, but when he said he helped Alice sell stuff, I immediately thought, oh, this is the eldest son out of prison. He totally looks capable of murder. (laughs) And like everyone, though, he eventually stopped coming around. Throughout this time, her younger son was also coming around with, I assume, his wife, and they would mostly come on weekends to help her clean up her hoarding. But really, they cleaned up to no avail. I don't know why, but sometimes they would sleep in their car instead of going inside, and it seemed pretty obvious that they were also involved with drugs. Okay, so this is where we get into the June timeline. Moved in in November 2022, now we're in June 2023. From here on out, all of the mystery vehicles stop coming by, and in early June, there was a time where Alice had been away from the house for a week or two, and when she finally returned to the house, this is what I saw. Alice was in the driver's seat of her son's car, and her daughter-in-law was in the passenger seat. The daughter-in-law was insulting her, telling her how crazy she was, dismissing her completely, and then she walked inside huffing without Alice. Alice gets out of the car, wearing nothing but an open robe and totally naked and barefoot. Yes, Alice had her issues, but Alice always did take the time to look presentable and get dressed, and this is not something I would think she would do on purpose. She got a few things out of the trunk, and then she walked inside, not saying a word, and she seemed totally dejected. I desperately wanted to call police and to report parental abuse or something, but at the same time, I had been desensitized to a certain amount of crazy shit, and I couldn't think of what police would even do. The next day, her son set up a tow service and took away the cars from her garage. Within three days from the cars being removed, Dragon and I were going to sleep, and we heard what I believed to be a gunshot. 
I immediately went into hysteria. In my half-asleep state, my brain immediately jumped to, she just shot herself in her half-empty garage. This is what happened. Dragon investigated outside, saw nothing suspicious except for one car driving on the main road, and he explained the noise away just being backfire. The next day, I was fully expecting to find her dead body in her garage when I went to work, but there was no dead body, and I did see her working in her backyard, so I was forced to dismiss this as car backfire as well. For the remainder of June, I was dealing with a lot personally. Dragon and I broke up after six years, the day before our shared birthday, and even though it was mutual and we were able to fall into a friendship, of course it was hard, and as a result of this breakup, I moved to the living room to sleep from here on out. So, I'm dealing with this and some family stuff at the end of June, and now we are into the July timeline. July 12th. I go outside to get some fresh air and am met with a brick wall of the worst smell I have ever experienced. I think, damn, this heat wave is really warming up that dumpster behind the fence. I was just trying to be logical, so I spent the next few days avoiding the backyard until it cooled down. July 15th. Someone is pounding on the door at 5.30 a.m. on a Saturday morning, and the front door is about 15 feet from my bed because I am sleeping in the living room, and I think I'm not answering this door. That sounds terrifying. Then around 10.30, we have another knock at the door. This time I answer it, and it's a deputy asking about Alice. I assume it's a wellness check, and they are asking when the last time was that we saw her and how we interacted with her, etc. I tell this deputy about the smell out back and that we last saw her maybe two weeks ago. Once the officer leaves, I go into full true crime mode, making observations, notes in my phone, starting to put two and two together about the smell and police presence. Cleopatra, the roommate, beginning, and I are confident that something in that house is dead. If not her, then maybe her cat, or maybe the not-so-delusional mom who lives in the basement. And then at 8.30 p.m. that same day, another officer comes by asking about Alice. By this point, I am really advocating further investigation because of the smell. And after a brief interaction, the officer stays in their patrol car for a while and then leaves. And I get in touch with my sister, who is also a weirdo and true crime junkie, and she immediately jumped on the conspiracy train and said, I think the kids killed her. July 16th, I noticed the flies at Alice's second story open windows, and they are on the inside. So I call 911 to a to report that my neighbor has to be dead in that house. Shortly after patrol cars show up, I get a full round of questions, and about one and a half hours later, after police do all their red tape paperwork to legally enter a home, an officer is back at my door to confirm that she is dead and has been for a while. Before they all leave, an investigator comes by to fill us in on what they know and asked us if we wanted one of her cats that we had been nicely feeding on occasion and we were advised that it was likely an OD from drugs, and they asked us to be on the lookout for potential drug clients coming by. He also said something very interesting, though, that Alice had sold her townhouse to an investment group about a month ago, and that was why she was trying to clean up the hoarding. But this is not the pathology of a hoarder to get rid of all of your things and sell the place that you call home. So again... My gut is feeling off, and it immediately went to the time that Alice was away with her kids in early June, and the obvious neglect that was occurring. Did her kids force her to sell? And my sister's voice was in my head saying, I think those kids killed her. July 19th, I leave for work, and there is a police car at the door with, oh, a police card at the door with a note saying to call in as soon as I can. So I get to work, and I call to provide more information on something I had previously reported, 
and the officer also asked if I had ever heard a struggle, a fight, or gunshots. Of course, I'm recalling the memory of me half asleep, thinking that she killed herself. I know that we had seen her alive after that, but it still struck a chord. And I provided as much info as I could, and then proceeded to ask if they suspected more than an OD to make sure that we are safe. And the officer said they're still waiting on the autopsy to know for sure, and just kept confirming she's been dead for a while. We are still getting checkups from police as they continue their investigation. This was back in September. She had written this. Police did not close her windows or turn any of her lights off, so at night, the house is all lit up, as if Alice is still there. Jesus. The smell is better, but there is still a slight odor closer to her house when it is hot out, and I'm pretty sure nothing has been cleaned. Turns out, police are not responsible for the cleanup. And since the property is now owned by an investor, who knows when it will be cleaned. So yes, I did sage my entire house, but the smell, the smell is what will haunt me. I will never, ever forget the smell. So I was emailing again with Kaylee recently to say, has there been an update? I want to tell the story on the podcast. It's fascinating. And she said, police did stop coming around and questioning them. And a remodel did happen, which took a few months. And a cleaning service finally came in and filled five huge dumpsters of her possessions, which was like sad and crazy to see. But she thinks because police haven't come around, maybe they did solve it. Maybe it was an OD, but it just seemed so weird that they came by and asked about the struggle and they still leave the light on in her townhouse to keep squatters away, which makes sense. But she said it's just such an eerie feeling yeah. to see the lights on there. And she just really hopes that Alice is at peace and feeling some kind of love in the afterlife because she believes she was feeling no respect and love in her life, Earthside. So I appreciate the heart of Kaylee yeah. going out to Alice. It does sound like she had a sad life. And I can't lie. I, I think the kids did something, too. I mean, possibly. I know that's like so rude. We could totally <laughs> be rational and explain it away. But like after that's why I wanted to read the whole story yeah. and say all the details, because there's a part of me that's like, I don't know, those lurkers that came around like the possible older son, younger. son. Yeah, well, it's hard too because they could have been treating her that way because she was a drug addicted a, hoarder a problem. you know and sure. they had you know taken care of her for so long and blah 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 it's hard i will say it's really hard and good for you kaylee for having the empathy and wherewithal to not automatically call the cops on a neighbor yes. who you know has a drug issue um i think there's yes. i mean here's the thing can it be dangerous to live next door to a place where a lot of illegal activity takes place? Absolutely. I'm not saying that you should just like put up with anything, but at the same time, like there's a difference in a violent drug abuser and someone who suffers from addiction and mental right. health issues. And Kaylee clearly could see her heart yeah. and her soul. And I think that's what's so beautiful about this story. And that I like that you were like keeping an eye out and watching things. I mean, you are, you're a true weirdo and a true crime junkie <laughs> as some of us are. And it's like, I, I love that, like the keeping of the notes and just, you were looking out for yeah. her regardless of the strange things you were seeing. And I think that's something. And now that she's not with us, I know that she knows that too. So for sure. I'm sure she's grateful that someone gave a shit. 
someone cared. Exactly. One last shout out to Kaylee who wrote in. She does have an Instagram art account <gasps> that yes. she said she was okay with me plugging. It's called Moon Dweller Studio at moon underscore dweller underscore studio. Awesome. Um, she's on Instagram, fine arts major. I mentioned that at the beginning. So go check out Kaylee's art. And Kaylee, thank you for thank writing you, in. I know this will not be your last time writing in, but we, we like to throw a good crime story Hell in the yeah. mix. You definitely were witnessing some wild things. <laughs> no kidding. Goodness. Um, I mean, regardless, what a story. What a, an experience. Yeah. Glad I didn't have it. Yeah, same. Sorry. Well, that was a little sad. This one, so sad. Like, get your fucking oh, tissues ready. Sad train. Grab some tissues. Okay, I decided okay. that the, I had to put this. This was a, a, originally my final story. And I was like, absolutely not. We cannot end on this. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> this storyteller actually has to say anonymous due to HIPAA regulations. Um, but I still want to make sure to say thank you, Anonymous, for sharing this story with us. And thank you for all of the work you do in this world. We desperately need it. Okay. Anonymous says, I work overnight as an RN on a pediatric ICU floor. Most of our patients Ooh. are sedated, paralyzed, tracheostomy, and ventilator dependent. One side of the floor is where our acute trauma kids go. So that's severe accidents, drownings, etc. And the other side is where our chronic kids go. These are usually the kids that are termed our, quote, frequent flyers. When they're not in the hospital, they live at a facility that provides 24-hour medical care. Once they get discharged, it's only a matter of time before they're back, usually two to three weeks, usually due to respiratory failure. Most of them do not have parents that visit or call. They just lay there staring at the ceiling, get their medication and tube feedings. It's very depressing on that side. One of my patients was a chronic kid. She was five years old. Her medical history was incredibly complex. She was trach and ventilator dependent. She was delayed, but she was with it, so to speak. Every time she was readmitted to our floor and I had her as a patient, she would smile the biggest smile when I would walk in at the start of my shift. I made it a point to spend time in her room with her whenever I could since she didn't have parents who came. I would do silly dances or sing her songs and make her smile. And since she had a trach and was hooked up to the vent, she wasn't able to make noise. So when she would cry, it was silent and you would just see the tears streaming down her face. She absolutely loved the movie Frozen. It always made her stop crying. If I would walk in and the movie was finished, she would tug on the sleeve of my scrubs to play it again, and I would. And that was our thing. I didn't mind being on the chronic side as much when she was there. I care for all of my patients, obviously, but she held a special spot, and I believe she knew it. She was discharged back to the medical facility she lived at. It had been a while since she came back this time, maybe two to three months. But when she did, she looked bad. Worse than ever. She required way more oxygen than her usual baseline this time. She had lost a lot of weight. She was already very small for her age. Her eyes were sunken. 
it really hurt me to see her that way. I did my dances and my songs, but she did not smile. I would talk to her and she wouldn't react. She wasn't really tracking and following with her eyes anymore, and she wasn't really herself anymore. She was clearly deteriorating, um, and this was expected due to the multiple congenital issues she was suffering from, but still it was really hard to watch. Absolutely. She was there a few weeks and her prognosis was pretty poor. My last shift with her, she was hardly able to raise her arms, but she did just to tug on my sleeve so I could put Frozen on. And so I did. It was otherwise a regular night. I went home and I slept and I woke up just in time to come back for my next shift. I was expecting to get, to get my same patient assignment and I saw that I had the same room number, but the name was different. There was someone else in her room. I asked what happened, and their faces fell as they told me she coded in the morning and they weren't able to get her back, and she passed away. I wasn't there. I was totally devastated. I held it together, and I didn't cry, but this shift had a heaviness to it, and I was really sad, and it just felt like I was drifting from room to room the whole night. Fast forward to about 3 a.m. I needed to go in that room to start the new patient's tube feed. There was nothing on the TV, but the patient was awake, so I put the movie Coco on so he would at least have some background noise. As I was starting the pump, I felt the hairs on the back of my neck stand up, and I had goosebumps all down my arms. Just as I was about to turn to leave, I felt it. Two tugs on my sleeve. I froze in place. At first, I felt very afraid. But then, I got the most overwhelming rush of emotion all at once. I ran to the bathroom, and I cried so hard. It took me a while to gather myself. I splashed water on my face, and I went back to my desk to chart, trying to shake off what had happened and just tell myself it was impossible. My grief was causing me to imagine things. At 4 a.m., exactly one hour after the feed was done, I went into the room and I paused at the doorway because Frozen was playing. I had put Coco on only one hour ago. It could not have been finished. I stood there in disbelief. I've never really had anything paranormal happen to me before, but in that moment, I had the warmest feeling. I just knew she was trying to tell me something like she was okay. I can't explain it, but it made me smile. I've been in that room plenty of times since, and nothing weird has ever happened again. It only happened that one night that she passed. It's almost like she was saying goodbye, and I'm glad. I would be sad if, even in the afterlife, she was confined to a hospital room. I'd like to think that wherever she is, she's free to walk and free to laugh and watch Frozen on repeat. <laughs> That's the most beautiful story I've ever heard. Oh, Honestly, that's not even like Happy Halloween. That's like Feliz Dio de los Muertos because that is so beautiful. Wow. So beautiful and so sad. So, so sad. And like... My goodness. We tell a lot of stories on this podcast about people passing, but it just seems so much worse when it's a kid. And like, I know that statement is like, fucking duh. (laughs) But it just seems so... 
unfair. I know. It just hits. It's it's so unfair. And it just, yeah, it just hits harder where you're like, come on. Come on, man. It's so, come like, on, that man. is, those are the times when it's like a sick kid, somebody who dies way too young, where you're just like, what What's the fucking is point? happening? Is it just chaos here? What is here? going on? Like, who allows this? I know. Oh, my That's God. the thing, especially this story. Like, not just that she passed so early, but, like, her life was confined to a bed. And, like, when they said Always, parents yeah. didn't come or whatever, like, that may not mean that they don't visit. Just that when they're in the ICU, maybe they don't. Like, maybe they visit the facilities. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean, like, the, these kids right. have completely been abandoned. But also, like, it's that's not still, out of the realm of possibility. So like, yeah, so Fucking it's sad. possible and it it's just so lonely and sad and awful but like what a beautiful connection of like nurse and patient patient oh, i know man. i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> like i just want to sit and cry I know. and i look like elsa it's terrible. i thought about that oh, like God. as soon as i got to the story i was like oh yeah i have a frozen story holy shit and we got sex worker elsa <laughs> Sorry. Well, hopefully I'm bringing a happy <laughs> a happy memory to Who knows? many children. Oh. <laughs> Around the oh, world. <laughs> okay, I have a story from an Ashley, another Ashley, but it's Who an Ashley you with you two could take E's. my name. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. It's with the two E's, There's so a really it's a different popular spell. girl I went to um grade school with whose name was Ashley two with E's? two E's. And um, she was like the only one of the popular girls a year older than me. That was nice to me. So, oh, so we love. I fucks Ashley with, with an Ashley with two E's. Hell yeah! Let's go. I know. I was like, that's how. That's how my other Ashley, my other yep. BZ, did he spells it? We love it totally. All right. So from Ashley, she says, "Hi, ladies. I have a weird ghost story to share with you, and it is from Northern Minnesota." <gasps> Minnesota. I, I live in northern Minnesota, and my husband and I have been living in our house for about four and a half years. Almost immediately, I started hearing and seeing odd things around the house after we moved in. <sighs> Woof. We're already here. We just started. My cats and dog at the same time... At the, Sorry, let me say that again. My cats and dog at the time also noticed the same things that I did. A little bit of geography about the house for clarification. We live in a split-level home, so the front door brings you into an entryway where you have to either go up a few stairs to get to the main level or down a few stairs to get to the den. Okay. And our backyard has a swamp on it as well. That's important. Casual swamp. Yeah. Casual Almost backyard swamp. Just chill swamp. Okay, Shrek. Sorry, Ashley. You're not Shrek. Or maybe you <laughs> Don't are. Don't <laughs> Almost right away. I'm so, <laughs> I feel bad for laughing. Oh, so okay. <clears throat> Shrek. Almost right away, my old dog, Abby, would sit in the entryway and stare up in the left-hand corner of the ceiling facing the front door, staring at the spot where the wall meets the ceiling. Pretty terrifying, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one notable time, I was sitting on my couch upstairs and I heard the bottom steps creak and the doorknob rattled. I initially yelled my eldest cat's name because he likes to jump at door handles to get them open, only to realize that my dog and all four of my cats were sitting in various places on the couch right there with me. 
I jumped up, I checked the stairs and the door, which was locked, and I even opened up my front door and there was nothing outside. I started to notice things out of the corner of my eye as well, mostly, mostly when I was in my kitchen cooking. I would see feet and the hem of a white nightgown type clothing. When I would turn that way, they would disappear. But after a few of these sightings, there were now two sets of feet, one big and one small. The feet were a dark purple color and very veined. Now I know this sounds like I'm talking about the grudge or the ring, but it is all very true. And I started feeling this sensation like it was a woman and her son. I just kept seeing them every now and again over the years, but they didn't seem malicious, so I just accepted it. My husband told me several times that our house couldn't be haunted because the original owners built the house and no one had died there. But we know that. We sure I started do. We sure do. <laughs> I started to think that this woman was attached to me, not necessarily to the house. About a year ago, my sister and I saw a medium. We love it. I asked the medium if she saw a person or a woman attached to me. She very quickly responded by saying there was nothing attached to me. But, are you going to talk about the other one? She knew, without me mentioning it, about the little boy. She also told me that the woman and her child, that she was very sure about, were not attached to me at all or my house, but she said that they are attached to the land. She also told me that I see them in my kitchen more often than not because the woman likes to watch me cook. I did not say anything about even seeing her in my kitchen. So, what? Hello? Good morning? <laughs> she also told me that they may look scary, but they are not here to hurt me. She theorized that that creepy purple color that was on their legs was probably because they had a terrible death caused by drowning in the swamp. And that is why they look the way that they do. I still see them sometimes, mostly out of the corner of my eye when I'm cooking, but they are less visible or present. I'm not scared of them, and I just accept them as visitors when they do appear. I don't feel any kind of attack. That's how it should be. I know. It's like that. I like the way that ended so nicely, but I love that we have this medium popping up again of somebody Seriously? who just knew some fucking shit like the kitchen the little boy Knowing being there with were the two mom of like them. yeah like why aren't you gonna mention the other thing that's here she's like pardon excuse me i can't okay wait did the so, did the medium come well, to their house she didn't specify okay. so that is that is a good question she just said they went they saw a medium the way she phrased it it makes me think they went to see her but we should clarify i'm going to talk to ashley why do you ask do you think it would make a difference if the medium had no. seen the house i just feel like if, if the the entities weren't attached, attached to, to her land. they were attached to the land but i don't know i don't know how mediumship works i don't know how that works yeah that that is interesting <laughs> if they were somewhere that's not at the house and she said they're attached to the land but i wonder if she, she like this medium what, really could yeah, just see yeah like oh there's definitely something that's been hanging out with you but like it's not attached to you but i just cannot imagine that feeling of going to see a medium you're asking about a woman specifically and then you just hear why aren't you asking about the other one like i would i just feel like my stomach yeah. would drop 
even if it's not a malicious thing, you're just like, whoa. Okay, so there are two pairs of feet that I. Well, that's seeing. like uh, Amy Goldenberg, one time, described to me a ghost that I had seen before, that I th- had never yeah. even spoken out loud. I, told I mean, her. I'd spoke, I'd told people personally, but I'd never said it on the podcast. I didn't tell anyone right. that she would have talked to or known or had any access right. to. So when she <laughs> described it, it was like. I didn't even realize that at first we were just having a conversation. We were recording it. We were recording the conversation. Right. And it was later when I was editing that episode that I was like, wait a minute. You just said <laughs> And physically. like rewound it. And I was like, oh my God, no, I seen the woman she's describing literally where I'm sitting right now. She was on my couch. I thought she was attached to the nope. um, creepy blanket I bought at the disappearing antique store. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Do you remember oh. that? Yes, I my do remember that. Oh my that god, was sold to me by yes. a gypsy witch. <laughs> For sure, a gypsy witch. Do you still have that blanket? Oh, did it make it? Or in the did move? it? I... Did it get lost in the move? I know. Did it make it? I don't feel like I would have gotten rid of it, but I also don't know I don't that I've seen it either. since I moved. I don't know. A lot of things oh. kind of got lost in the move. Where's Gypsy Where's Blanket? Where's my blanket? Where's my Gypsy Blanket? I know, by the way, oh, FYI, goodness. I know Gypsy is a, a slur. Not a slur, but like a rude word, but sure. I have Gypsy blood, so I feel like I could say it. Um. Okay, so, <laughs> well, that, that, I love that story. Thank you, Ashley, with two E's. Yeah. Thank you, Ashley. Once again, from Minnesota. It's a great name. And two E's. Yeah, don't make a wrong. It. We support you. Something. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost. It was a almost thing. something. My final story this episode was sent in to our website. <gasps> we love a web submission. www.keepitweirdpodcast.com is totally anonymous, even to me, because they didn't leave a name. And when I attempted to reach Who out to you? them at the email address provided, I never got a response. So, hey, perfect. If this is your story and you do want credit, please email us at keepitweirdpodcast at gmail.com. Give me your name and I will give you a shout out on a later episode. So, Usually, if that happened, I probably would just toss the story, but this one, I had to tell this one. It was so spooky. It's very short. Okay. But so worth it. Okay. So Anonymous says, I was a kid, and it was Christmas Day, and there was a knock at our door. Expecting it to be family, my dad and I opened the door together, and there was an old man standing there who was asking for directions to the train station. Our house was smacked bang in the middle of suburbia so he must have been walking in the wrong direction for hours my dad gave him the directions and offered to drive him but he declined and thanked us as he was leaving he looked down at me and said something very strange never go to that place that scares you this man was really really old and walked at a shuffling pace Shrugging off his comment as well-intentioned senility, I went back to the living room. As he was walking down our path, it started to rain. So my dad went to get an umbrella from under the stairs to give to him, and when he went, out ba- when he went back outside, the man was gone. My dad ran down the path and up and down the street trying to find him, but he was nowhere to be seen. 
the place I was scared of was this shack in the woods that I used to walk past on my way to and from school. It always gave me a horrible vibe. Bad feeling all around. A few years later, someone was arrested for murdering a child there. So... Shiver me timbers, I would say. So who was this old man (laughs) prophet... I was going to say, I would say this is another psychic story, but something tells me that this man was not a man at all. Yeah, I don't, did he even exist? I don't think so. Or was it just like a a warning that came with the wind? Like, don't go there. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't go know. there. And like, why? Like, right. what would be the importance of, that's something that I question because. Interesting. Stuff like this happens all the time. Not all the time. But there are many, 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 many stories of people saying that someone told them, like, don't get on this plane or right. don't go near You're this You're going to get destination. You're going to get destination. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then something horrible <sighs> happening and then being like, holy shit, like that person, blah, 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 or like this thing. And that makes me think, oh, God, it's so hard to put into words. I guess you have to be religious to think that, like, it's all kind of planned out for us and right. things are going to happen the way they're supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. I guess be- because in those situations, it's like, well, then what was that about? Did something yeah, on the timeline get why fucked did up that and they had to like send a messenger? A time traveler a had time to come and say, like, you're, <laughs> you are about to mess this <laughs> yeah. up and we need to help you get back on the timeline. Send know, an old man where... in the rain on Christmas to tell you, like, that's where I'm like, what? Is it fate? Is it free will? I don't understand how we're living. I don't understand the universe. And, like, is this guy going to end up creating the first artificial heart? Like, why did he get saved? Why was he a saved child? Why was he worthy? Are you saying artificial heart because you've been watching Fall of the House of Usher? Maybe that's why. I actually... So I was going to bring this up because, like, Fall of the House of Usher, first of all, listeners, run, do not walk. Don't it is It's so good. I thought Ashley so was BSing when she was like, listen, this is Flanagan's best work. And I, listen, I love it. I still, it's really hard for me to not be a full-on stand for a whole house till oh, the yeah. day I die. But gosh, is it good. Yes. I was planning on watching one episode and going to sleep. And I texted Ashley at like one in the morning last <laughs> night. And I was like, I'm still watching. I'm on episode five. It's so good. It's so good. It's so Joe good. and I finished it in two days, which was a total bummer. Cause that was like our plan for the week. We're like, well, what? I'm about to finish we're it done. tonight. Yeah. I'm about to be done. It's yep. over. As soon um, as we finish recording. <laughs> it's literally perfect. I truly think it is his best work. But anyways, but something I always take note of in his work, um, especially what he does for Netflix and uh, even a, a American Horror Story as well are the ghosts that are completely solid and non-ghost-like at all. Like, they're, they're, mm-hmm. ju- they're just like regular people. Like, this happens a it's lot. It's a person in front of you. Yeah, this happens in the real world a lot, too. Like, where people are saying, like, they saw what they can only describe as a ghost due to the fact that they disappear into thin fucking air but they're mm-hmm. totally solid forms. They didn't know they were talking to a ghost. And I don't know what's scarier yes. to me, a misty form, shadow person, or a full solid person person who's... Or I'm looking at you, yeah. and then you vanish in front yeah. of me. And uh, that like, might be yeah, scarier. Ghost. Yeah, that actually might Bye. be scarier. Because a physical 
looking thing yeah seems like it can actually hurt you anyways yeah i'm glad yeah. you didn't go into that creepy shed and that thank this... god thank you shuffling old soul ghost whoever you were psychic saved your life mm -hmm. mystery whatever it may be total mystery it's so strange but this is why we love these stories i feel like we're learning about new experiences and things yeah. that can happen all the time which kind of goes along with this next story. Oh, yeah. um, this is my last one. It's a shorty, and it's sort of. It, this is a listener sort of seeking our advice. It. I don't know what to say about it. I don't know how you'll That's feel about usually it. Usually, how it goes when someone's like, "I actually want your advice," and then you ask, and I'm like, like I, don't know. "I don't know." I don't know. I don't know. And it's also like, <laughs> you'll see. You can okay. like maybe explain it away. I don't know. But this is from a listener named Perla, which Perla. is such a beautiful name. Beautiful. Thank you, Perla. Ooh, also, I forgot, there are photos attached that are involved in this. Uh, Perla says, This strange story happened in July of this year, 2023. Wow. A couple of friends came over to pregame and celebrate my best friend's birthday. We started drinking around 7 p.m. The sun was still out. As summer goes, it was shining bright, which later adds to the spooky factor. I pulled out my Polaroid camera to get some physical pictures for the memories and the first picture I took was of all the boys. They posed in front of my refrigerator in the kitchen. I watched the photo come out, white like they normally do, and I placed it face down to develop. The second picture I took was selfie style of me and the other girl there. Same thing, I watched it come out white and I placed face down to develop. Those were the last two photos on the film cartridge and I went to grab a new pack of cartridges. I loaded one in and set the camera down. And then I went to flip the two photos we took over, and I swear my heart dropped to my feet. The first picture that was supposed to be of the boys developed into a picture of my shower head with weird hazy light effects. The second picture that was supposed to be a selfie stayed pretty much all white, but with a couple of small dark spots that didn't match up with anything that would have been in the photo. I showed everyone, asked what they thought, and we all got chills. It put a bit of a damper on the rest of the night, and I'll send you guys the pictures so you can see for yourself, so Ashley, you can open. Okay. And we took more pictures with the new cartridge, and they all came out totally normal. What are your thoughts? It was extra spooky for me because it happened in broad daylight, and my bathroom is clear on the other side of my apartment from the kitchen where the photos were taken. I don't understand how it could have happened that my shower head appeared in one of the photos. No one else ever had access to my camera. I live alone. I watched the film come out white and not developed. And please tell me if I need to get weird energies removed from my home because I am feeling a little bit frazzled. That is so weird. The only times I've had issues with Polaroid cameras to like support Perla in this moment is like, when it's nighttime and the flash goes off and sometimes everyone is just whited out, like the flash goes wrong. Right. It's hard to take Polaroid pictures in the dark, but she emphasized a few times that it was broad daylight. Flash wasn't even needed. They had been taking pictures before they did it later in the night with the new cartridge. Everything was fine. But for whatever reason, these two pictures, one just had spots and the other one was of a shower head when no one was anywhere That's... near the bathroom. 
the camera never left her sight. That spooks me. Yeah. I don't like that. And it looks weird, too. Like, it just it's looks a weird angle. Scary. Yeah. So I don't love it. I mean... And I'm... I don't know. I would say if this is the only activity that you're experiencing, you don't have to worry about it. It was probably just a weird camera I thing. I don't know. I don't know how Polaroid cameras work. I mean... Could I know that's the thing is I'm like maybe this can be explained away and that's why I wanted to read it because maybe our listeners will walk will write in and help Perla and be like oh my god Polaroid cameras are crazy like they will just snap off and like that picture was taken when you didn't even know while you were peeing you know like I have that's kind of why I wanted to read it to someone for someone to explain, but my experience with Polaroid cameras, I feel like the only time I've had troubles is if I'm like trying to take a picture in darkness and the flash doesn't work. So I don't understand how a showerhead photo and a spotted cow photo popped up. Yeah. When, like they were in a kitchen in the sunlight. I mean, you know, if it was just like, if the showerheads was throwing me, cause if it's just the white one with it's the speckles, weird. it's just sort of like something Then you could maybe up. be like, like, Oh, the film. Who knows? Yeah. Like something film got on weird. the film, something like your finger was right. on the finder. Like it could be anything. The showerhead like is showerhead. What the fuck? How would like, that yeah. happen? Like, is never that took possible? pictures in the bathroom. Nobody had the camera except for Perla. It's like there was, it was emphasized that there was no explanation for this. Fuck. It was like, no, there should not be a picture of my shower head. Yeah, That's what seriously, creeps me out. If anyone listening to this knows anything about fucking Polaroids and how, or like how a camera works, um, <laughs> write us, let us know, because I don't know how this would happen. shower head photo? Just the fact that also, I don't know if this has to do with it because, you know, we're looking at it totally on the outside trying to explain it away. But Perla said when the photos got shown to the friends at the party, they all felt immediately weird about it. That also came into play for me of like, why was there such a strange feeling or sensation that went over everyone? That also makes me think. I don't know what could be going on, but it's just a little eerie. In this instance, I would consult photography experts and if the Mm -hmm. photography experts are like this can't happen don't know what to tell you there's no way that this can go see a medium then you come to the creeps (laughs) then you come to the freaks and creeps and we'll take a look at it (laughs) but i feel like because yeah. this could be something I, I literally know nothing about it. This could be something where like someone who's an expert in photography would be like, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. If the lens right. l- got a look at the shower head at some point and it imprinted itself on the blah, blah, blah. I don't know because I don't know how it works. But like maybe could be totally common. Well, yeah. That's why we're bringing it to you, weirdos. We want to find out if you Tell know us. anything. But yeah, if not, then we're going to consult... A medium. I think Perla needs to get a medium involved, <laughs> if anything. But we all we'll need see. a medium involved. We do. That's the lesson learned. Lesson learned. On this Halloween on this night. Halloween Eve. That is all the time we have left this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you all so much for joining us. We will not be joining you next week we're going to prepare our november episodes and celebrate our all-time favorite 
days of the year, and we hope that you're going to be doing the exact same thing. Make sure you're still following us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast. Right now we're doing a Halloween movie countdown, and next week we will be doing a costume contest, and the winners will be awarded free t-shirts. All you have to do is follow us on Instagram, comment on our horror movie posts to be entered in to win or tag us in your Halloween costumes and let us repost them to be entered to win. So it's super easy, super fun. Please join us in the spooky celebrations. Also, if you would, just take a moment and check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. We haven't really blasted that out this month with all of our fun guests, except for when we tried to sell Joe's eyes. <laughs> a photo of I, Joe's eyes. I know. <laughs> His the actual... responses to that were so funny, by the way. It was so good. I loved it. Um, but that is how we are able to continue to do the show, and it's super affordable. Um, a one mm-hmm. a, As affordable as $1 or $5 a month, and you can even go up to $10 or even $50 a month or more for goodies so if you love our show and you want us uh, to continue to do it and you want to continue to hear it pony up some of those dollar bills we would love it we would appreciate it (laughs) okay we'll see you in a couple weeks we hope you have the spookiest halloween of your entire life but also be safe be so very safe but enjoy it have fun (laughs) the spookiest we love spookiest enjoyable safest (laughs) (laughs) we love you keep it weird Weird. happy halloween